whatever we value in life, we measure. Now, there's something that you have in your home that 100% of you, that's every one of you, in case you're wondering what 100% is, uh, every one of you have measured this morning and checked it out. Now, I guarantee this, no homeless person would have done it today. But you have a measuring instrument in your house that you checked this morning before you came. You know what that measuring is? Mirror. Yeah. Very, who's, who got that? You can have the uh, top of the class. Mirror. I mean, isn't it amazing that, you know, look, uh, you probably said, Peter, you should have spent a little bit longer at the mirror. Well, you know, all I can say, this is as good as it gets. Yeah, but, uh, you, know, you know, there's something about we, we value looking good. We value self-esteem. So, so we, we look in a mirror. We judge it. You know, and whatever you value in life, you will measure. For instance, as some of you, I notice the new phase nowadays, they have the watch that tells you more than time. In fact, if, if it tells you time, that's just a bonus. But you know, it'll keep the footsteps. Lindsay tells me every day how far she's walked. I think she's trying to get me to walk further, but it's not working yet. Uh, but she tells me how many steps she's made. Now, she's got it on her phone. But you know, there'll be others that here, you'll be calorie counting. You'll be taking a measure because you, you believe in your health. Um, you can't run a business without measurement. We measure things. Uh, you know, as pastors, you know, we, we measure things. In fact, uh, every pastor used to go out for a while ago and, and COC, we used, to, we used to have a measurement for them to see how good they'd be as a pastor and see if they would have... Uh, you know, they'd be equipped, ready to go. In fact, we look at 13 areas. It's all it takes. It was 13 things to look at. And I was part of that team that used to do it uh, for a while when I was in national office. And we would measure these. And if they missed one of those 13 things, measurement tool, it was a measurement tool, if we, they missed one of them, then they would have to go for retraining and weren't allowed out in the ministry until they had completed those things because we knew that they would not make it. It's an amazing thing that all it takes, you know, if you're called of God, to have 13 things that will make you and guarantee your success in ministry. Well, it doesn't guarantee your success, but it certainly makes you more successful. So, you know, there's heaps of them, you know, measurement tools. You know, if you're working in office, you'll have measurement tools. You know, you'll measure, I guarantee every one of you measure you know, how much you work this week by your paycheck. You look at it and say, did I get the right pay? You know, uh, superannuation, we measure. How is my superannuation? You know, because we value those things. You know, most people wear a watch. If you don't wear a watch, you're reading your phone. In fact, most of you would have looked at a phone already today a couple of times for the time. Uh, turn it off right now because it's going to, because you know, I'm going to go over time. No. Uh, but we value time. That's why we have a, have a watch. I realized that when I went to India, first time. You know, the plane was eight hours late. Eight hours. I mean, how can you be eight hours late for a jet? You know, you think it's impossible because, but no one wears a watch. Uh, I mean, no one has a watch. There. Time means nothing. Uh, I was preaching at a, at a church. I said to the pastor, I said, how many people do you get to church? He said, oh, about a thousand. And I said, oh, that'll be very exciting. Well, we started at, at eight o'clock and there was about 30 there. It was nine o'clock, there was about 30 there. I got up to preach at a quarter to 11 and there was a thousand there. I thought, gee, was they, there's a lot of the services they obviously don't like, but you know, it's, it wasn't that at all. It's just they don't measure time. You know, it, it's not a value of theirs. But you know, if we're working in the West, we value our time. 
But it, it started to make me think, well, what does God value? And what instruments does God use to value what he values in us? Good question. Now, turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 11. We'll go to the end of the book. Revelation 11, verse 1. It says, Then I was given, like a measuring rod. This is a measurement. I was given like a measuring rod, and the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God. Measure, not, measure the temple. So they went out there with a the tape measure. Sometimes measure, measure the temple. And he said, and then measure the altar. The altar of sacrifice. And measure not only the temple and the altar, but measure those people who worship there. So while worship was going this morning, I would suspect this, that there's probably some angel saying, hmm, amen. Yeah, and, and it'll give you a figure. They'll be put on there, recorded in heaven today. And... There we go. There's, an, there's another measurement. He's going around measuring you for worship. I mean, you know, because worship matters to God. Hallelujah. See, whatever you value, you will measure. God values His temple. God values His church. You know, we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. He is measuring us because He cares about us, because He's interested in us, and He's interested in our attitude, you know, because we are building not just for a moment here. It's not for the long weekend here. It's, it's not just for Sunday. We're, we're building something for eternity. You know, this is a short time. God says it's like a flower that, is in, that comes out and then dies straight away. It's like a puff of wind. You know, this life is so short down here and he's got angels rushing around measuring it and he's keeping recording it. You know, we need to value what God values. If you didn't raise your hands and worship and forget about everything that's happening down here and just close your eyes and tell him how good he is and honour him today, then, then you know, you're missing out. Because God's rewarding those. Because, you know, measurement shows your reward and how well you're doing. Now, I wasn't going to talk about worship this morning, but we're going to be talking in the next few weeks about what God values. Let me just give you another scripture here, 1 Chronicles 22, verse 14. This is David, King David, a man after God's own heart. It says, Indeed, I've taken much trouble to prepare the house of the Lord. We're not going to slap this thing up. And listen, he's measured these things out. He said, I've taken much trouble to prepare the house, Lord, 100,000 talents of gold. How much is that? A heck of a lot. 1,000 talents of gold, 1 million talents of silver. And bronze and iron beyond measure, for it was so abundant. I prepared timber, stone, and also that you may add to them. So David is preparing a temple for God and for the next king, his son, Solomon. This is what I've done. See, we're preparing something for the future. We just, we're not living here you know, just to be good. As often I've said, you know, some people ask, what are they being good for? They don't know. So I say, are you being good for nothing then? <laughs> you know, we've been good for a purpose. God's measuring something. There's something of value that he sees in you and in me and in this church 
and in his altar and in his temple that is prepared to invest everything he can, including the life of his only begotten son. Well, God values people. Zechariah chapter 2 and verse 1 to 5 says this, Then I raised my eyes and looked, and behold, a man with a measuring line was in his hand. So I said, what are you doing? And he said to me, I've come to measure Jerusalem to see what's its width and what's its length. And there was the angel who talked with me going out. Another angel was coming to meet him. There's a bit of activity around here. Who said to him, run, speak to this young man. So angels were directing angels here. says, run, speak to this young man and saying, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls. That's unheard of. Because of the multitude of men and livestock that are in it. It's going to be so big, so prosperous, so successful. So you know, a whole culture. And then verse six, 5, it says, For I, says the Lord, will be a wall of fire around a bird about her, and I'll be glory in the midst of her. Isn't that an amazing thought? God said, I am creating a new Jerusalem that, that, that is so big. And he said, but the key, he said, I will be a fire around about it and, and, and the glory in its midst. You know, when we come to worship, you know, we're coming to hear the glory of God. We get excited, don't we, when we hear a prophecy. We get excited to hear, I mean, testimonies there. How exciting is that? You know, we want God in our midst. You know, you know, we know he's in the midst of us, but we want him to be in the midst of us, not just in the midst of me. There's something about, you know, we, you know, we often say around, we're better together because God's created a new Jerusalem. You know, he's, doing, he's preparing it. And if you read the book of Revelation, you can read it for the last two chapters. But there's something else that, that was just my introduction this morning of getting us in this concept that God is measuring things. And for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about different measuring instruments and what God measures. So I'm going to just go through the book of Matthew and pick out some things that God is measuring. This is Jesus. and It's, it's, just, it's just amazing what God does. Now, there's a few things I could say today. But uh, let me just pick out a couple of uh, scriptures before we start. I said I'd go to Matthew, but I told a lie. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12. Listen to what the, the value that God has on this commodity that is familiar to us all. He says, do not become sluggish. So do not become sluggish. Don't, you know, just don't slow down. But imitate those who through faith and patience Inherit the kingdom of God. So God's looking to see, uh, you know, one of the things that he wants to see is, is, is see if we're running after being an imitator of people of faith. You know, uh, you know, we, we, read, you know we, we all have heroes of the faith, don't we? You know, we've got heroes. Of, you, know, you know, Catherine Kuhlman, you know, is, uh, you know, I'd say you can't read a Catherine Kuhlman book that she wrote on miracles without crying. It's just an impossibility. And if you can read it, then please come and see us because uh, Amin's going to cast a demon out of you. That's the only way you couldn't do it. <laughs> only joking. 
No, we're serious. Okay, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, it says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full. Now notice with this, in full. So it's, there's a measuring thing here. In full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our body washed with pure water. Hebrews 10, verse 38 says this, The just shall live by faith. And if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. What does God value? One simple word, faith. Anyone who draws back, I have no pleasure. This is something that I hate. Well, having read that, let's quickly look at the life of Jesus Christ. This is God himself as he came down here and he begins to say some of these things. Now, I have just picked these out uh, straight from the... You can... I haven't actually cut any out. And... Um, but over these chapters, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 30, we know the story or the Sermon on the Mount, don't we? One of the basic teachings of Christ. So Jesus gets up here in Matthew chapter 6, verse 30, and he's going to say something that he values. And he simply says, I'll read verse 30. It says, Now if God so clothes, clothes the grass of the field, which is today, is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how will he not much more clothe you? If God can make a feel look good, how much more can he make you look good and clothe you? If he can make a feel that hasn't got money and do it so well that it can be breathtakingly beautiful, how much more can he do for you? Turn around the person next to you and say, hey, he's going to make me breathtakingly beautiful. <laughs> okay. Too late, he already has, someone said. Okay. But then, then he adds this thought there. He says, oh, you of little faith. He measured these people. He said, the problem with you are, no, because Jesus gets this crowd, he's got them on the mountain, he's given the sermon. He says, you, I've measured you already and you've got little faith. He said, because you worry about what to do, how much to earn. You put your treasure on earth and not in heaven. You're more occupied about that. He said, you've got little faith. Your God is measuring every day and testing our faith. Faith is not an optional extra. Faith is, I'm going to believe God. If God says it, then I believe it. I agree with it. And I'm going to do it and I'm going to declare it. Through faith and patience, we inherit the promises of God. We accomplish nothing without faith. We won't be healed without faith. We won't be forgiven without faith. We won't be blessed without faith. You know, we've got to have faith. Doubt will rob us. He says, oh, you a little faith. He said, you won't have your finances you need. Well, I got excited for nothing. That's okay. Matthew 8, verse 10, he says this. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled. Now, that's a pretty big word, marvel. When was the last time you or I marveled? Yeah, we'd probably say, well, gee, was I, that's a good question. He marveled and said to those who followed, so he just didn't keep this in himself, he made sure that everybody around about him heard it because he is, values this. And because he values this, he's measured it. And he says this, 
Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith in all Israel. So we have people with little faith, he's just mentioned. This is just through Matthew. We could have gone through Acts. We could have gone through any of them. And when you think of Acts, you know, Acts has something like 40 pages in my Bible to cover at least 40 years of life, a generation. Can you imagine telling a person's life with inspiration with one page for every 40 years of their life? You'd have to say, wow, you've got to be very, very, very selective about what you say. In fact, what you say had better really be well thought out. Because it's so important. You know, God measures the very pages of this Bible and he inspires it. And when you we, we read the Bible sometimes not realizing what God is measuring, it's his measuring stick that he has over us. And, he, and he's only in his, in his selecting of all the things that Jesus did. So it could be written in books, but he picked them out because he's measuring and said, this is what I want you to hear. He said, this is what, you know, when, this is what you've got to know. I mean, I didn't put this in here because, you know, I had to fill a page up. In fact, I had, a, you know, there's only, you know, 28 chapters in Matthew or something. Was it 28? Doesn't matter. You can look after it. 28. To tell the life of Jesus Christ. So, when he says and gets this incident... And expounds it says, you've such a, so great a faith. Because this is a story about the centurion soldier. He comes up to Jesus and said, I recognize you. And I recognize you because you've got something that I, I'm a military man. And I recognize authority. You know, I know that when I say go, he goes. If I say come, he comes. They don't ask questions. Because it's a power. And he said, you don't have to come. And heal my servant or my daughter. You don't have to come and heal. You just speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. And Jesus goes, wow. I've never seen such great faith. He measured this man's faith. This man who wasn't uh, an Israeli, wasn't a Jewish. You know, he measured his faith and said, oh, this man has great faith. He made sure that everybody heard about it and he made sure that you and I would read it. Because he wants, because he wants us, this is the measuring rod that he has. You know, what's the last time you used great faith? When do you start speaking to your problem and saying, "By stripes I'm healed"? That's great faith. You know, by stripes, the back pain's going to go now. My children are going to change, and they're going to be blessed. You know, you know, I shall prosper and be in good health, even as my soul's prosper. We take the promises of God, we declare them. That's great faith. There's no little faith says, "Oh, I don't know whether that's ready for me." Oh, well, you know, that's uh, all right for the Oral Robertses of this world and the, it's all right for the Brenhams of this world and those big stars, but I am nobody and I haven't been to anywhere. But, hey, it's what we declare. See, God is measuring your faith today. He's measured the people sitting before him 
when he gave the Sermon on the Mount. He measured the centurion's faith. And he just continues. As you read through here, you'll see he does it. Matthew chapter 9, verse 2. Let's go to the next one. It says, Behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, son be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven. When he saw these people who, who were encouraging this person to come down, made a way for him to come down and let a hole through, when he saw their faith, when he saw that, that they were doing something, believing something, pressing in for something, that he saw their faith, he rewarded their faith. See, God's measuring it. You know, there's heaps of other people that were there in that room who wouldn't have got healed. But it's the one who pushed through and said, I'm going to be healed. You know, we've got to push through sometimes. Sometimes we need help. You know, we've got someone to carry us. We need to have people to pray for us. You know, we need to put ourselves on some prayer list and say, come on, you know, carry me to the throne room of God. I was talking, I don't know who it was last week I was talking to, and I have no idea, but you'd probably be here. And they were talking about, uh, we were praying. I said, we're praying in every, you know, for you. And they said, oh, I, you know, I was so bad. She said, I, you know, she said, I, I, I couldn't pray any longer. He said, my mind was fuzzy. I was in so much, you know, I was in pain. It's just everything's happening around me. He said, I couldn't pray. But they said something quite amazing. They said, I felt your prayers in the prayer meetings. Even though they weren't there, they were in hospital. Even though they were too weak to pray, they felt our prayers. See, God is putting a tick in heaven for that. There's an exam going on, and he's got him to pass for that. He's measuring it. He only measures that's important. He measures your faith because it's so important. Well, we could keep on going, but uh, let me just give you uh, I'll skip a couple here, but Matthew 9, 29 says, He touched their eyes to the blind people and said, According to your faith, let it be unto you. What about Matthew 14, verse 31, where he says, uh, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him being Peter and said, Oh, ye of little faith. I mean, you know, he's already got out of the boat in the midst of a storm. I would have said, uh, hey, that's gutsy. I would have said, uh, hey, I'm, I'm right behind you, Peter. <laughs> Praying for you. Keep on walking, mate. He said, and it, but Peter looked at the waves and the wind and all of a sudden, and then he began to sink. And he said, Oh, ye of what does he say? Little faith. The measure again of faith. Oh, you have little faith. He didn't say you doubt. Well, he did say you doubt. He said, why did you doubt? But he didn't criticize their doubt. He said he criticized not their doubt, but he criticized their little faith. They weren't activating that which needs to be activated. Now, in this church, you've probably heard a lot of messages on faith over the years. But it's not how many messages you hear it's how much you've measured those messages and applying them to your life. You know, where do we doubt? What makes us doubt? What makes us fearful? We can keep on going because you'll find that in all these stories, God's got a measuring rod. Little faith, full of faith, no faith. Our faith is never static. It's like a car. Car's not a static thing, but it must be activated. You've got to turn it on and drive this. And faith is like that. 
you've got to turn it on and drive it. Well, you know, measuring doesn't change anything. The fact that God is measuring your faith will really mean nothing unless you change and activate your faith and start to declare it. You might not feel like it. You might not want to. But you've got to do it. I have a quote from Spurgeon that I'd like to close with. It says Spurgeon, or a story, it should say Spurgeon, that great uh, Baptist preacher, said uh, he noticed a weather vane that a farmer had in his barn on the farm. And it was an unusual weather vane. We don't know where the weather vane is. You know, they, the direction there. Usually got an arrow. He said uh, it was an unusual weather vane for on it the farmer had the words, God is love. Mrs. Spurgeon asked him, said, do you mean by this that God's love is unchangeable as the wind? Obviously, there's some meaning here. And the farmer shook his head and said, no. I do not mean that God loves changes like that. I mean that whichever way the wind blows, God is love. I don't know what the wind is blowing over your life today. I don't know whether you're suffering from an incurable sickness. I don't know whether you've got a devastated marriage. I don't know whether you're hurt. I don't know whether you feel unloved. I don't know whether you've prayed and nothing's happened. I don't know whether you feel you're unworthy. I don't know. But I do know this, that God's love has never changed for you. You might have little faith. You might have great faith. You might have no faith. You might have weak faith. Your faith might be criticized, but one, I still know this, though. God loves you. And the one depending thing we have this morning, because faith works by love. And God is love. And God loves you. Because he loves you, you can stand up and take another step and another step and another step and say, I'm going to walk in faith. I've tried it before. I've failed. You know, Peter, he didn't say, well, you know, guys, let me tell you about my story of faith. Didn't work. I almost drowned. If Jesus hadn't been there, I would pick me up there. I would have gone straight down to the bottom and it would have been fish food. No, he, he got up again. And he got up again. And in fact, Peter got, seemed to spend his life getting up again. But he was the one that stood in the day of Pentecost and says, I know what's going on here. That's the first time, Peter, in your life. He said, I know what's going on. He said, this is what's spoken about by the prophet, Joel. Then he tells everybody what to do. He's done that a lot of times with the first time he's ever been right. The next day, he goes out to the temple. There's a guy sitting at the gate called Beautiful. Everybody passed him because he's a beggar. And he's asking for money. Jesus would have passed by him for three years at every feast in Israel and for the previous 30, some of that being a baby, of course. Never did anything to him. 
But Peter, that day, he and John, looking fast, steadfastly after them, said, you know, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, do I give it to you. And then we have the recording that he says, it's not by my holiness that made this man walk. It's by my faith. What was the first test on Peter after Pentecost? It's a test on his faith. And he passed it and continued to pass it with flying colours because he found the measuring stick and he found out the meaning of it measured his life, adjusted his life, and walked in victory. That's all we've got to do today. Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come here today, we just believe for the anointing of God to be with us, remain on us, and help us. Father, I pray for every person today who has difficulties believing. The doubt and the fears, Lord, I bind them right now in the name of Jesus. Those online, if you're having struggling with doubt and fear, I bind yours in the name of Jesus. And I believe right now for a gift of faith to come out of your life, that God would grant you a measure of faith that you would activate today in Jesus' name. Spirit of God, speak to them. Speak to us here in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go.